What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me on another exciting episode of Data. My name is Brian, and I look forward to sharing with you another amazing guest today. But first, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please make sure you get out there and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now sit back and enjoy. Welcome to another episode of Dad Up, everybody. I appreciate you tuning in. I'm really excited for my guest today. He's a former NFL player and now a transformational identity shift coach. And you may not know what that means, but he's going to share a little bit uh, about it in our discussion today. Uh, my guest was placed in foster care at a very young age and was adopted by a family of 14. He knew he had to make a better life for himself, and he wanted to prove to himself that he was somebody special and ultimately ended up in the NFL for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Unfortunately, his career kind of took a different shift, kind of pivoted and uh, found himself out of the NFL and trying to find a way to make a means for his family and provide for his family. And that's what led him to what he does today, which is uh, motivational speaking and really a, uh, essentially a life coach. And I'm super, super honored. I want him to share a little bit about his story, but I'm super honored to have him on the show. My good friend, Anthony Trucks. Welcome to Data, brother. Hey, man. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Awesome. For my guests who may not know who you are, can we, you know, I kind of summarized a little bit real quick there of kind of your life, your yeah. backstory, but if you could share a little bit about your backstory, um, also what it led you to today and what you're doing today, and then more importantly about your kids and your family. How many kids you have? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm going to start with my kids and my family because that's my, that's my priority. That's, uh, that's what gives me life, my man. But I'm a father. I got a 16-year-old son. I got 11-year-old twins, uh, oldest a boy, a boy and a girl for the twins that are younger. And uh, I got a wife that I love, a family that is, man, I'm just, I love my family, I love my life. It's a blessing that I have what I have, and I am able to to be filled up enough to go serve the world and even do these podcasts that I do. Uh, however, uh, this is not something that uh, was like, you know, I'm mimicking my childhood because if I did, it'd be a far different stretch from what my reality is now. Uh, I was given away at three years old in foster care to a really crazy, heinous system that did a lot to damage me. As a young kid, just emotionally and physically, and just man, not so stuff, and ended up going through a lot of trials of you know just not knowing who I was. You know, I had siblings I never got to see. My real mom's all over the place. She's nuts, and uh, ended up after about three years in the system, and after my sixth home, I landed in the family, which is my family now, all white family. I'm a black man, so I had a weird dynamic of you know, identity in that aspect. Uh, never really quite figured out who I was for a lot of years, and then at 14, got adopted by this family and ventured into the world of uh, sports, played football, uh, was really bad at first, then got really, really good. My mom got diagnosed with MS that same year. But the first years when I was bad, man, I just, I wanted to give up, uh, but I, something pushed me through. And I got to the point where I was able to have success in the game and got a college scholarship, played football at the University of Oregon, had a son at 20 years old. So I became a dad at 20. It is hard for me to picture and remember years when I have not been a father because I've always in adult years been a dad, dude. And I, I love it because when I first found out when I was standing in the locker room at the University of Oregon that my fiance high school sweetheart was having, she was pregnant. I never felt fear. It was always this like, man, I get to give back to a kid in a way that wasn't given to me. I get yeah. to do things right this time. And so, man, I've, I've always been a present dad. I've, he's been at my football games in college, the pros, and he's just, he's, he's my dude, you know? And, and right. so I progressed through and then, you know, I, I was blessed to have an opportunity to play I can meet my real dad, which was uh, the same year I kind of had my son. I met my real biological dad, having no idea who he was for you know, 20 years. Oh, wow. And then after the college, yeah, it was weird. It was an interesting dynamic. So, you know, parenting and fatherhood and all that stuff has a really interesting tie to my world. And then I got a chance to play in the NFL. NFL stands for not for long. So in my, uh, I got hurt in my third year, tore my shoulder, came home, had to navigate life. We had two more kids at this time. So now my wife and I have twins that are newborns, a four-year-old. 
and I'm gone trying to figure out who I am again. You know, I've lost football, had this massive crisis, it's all ripped away. So trying to figure out my life was tough and then progressed through, man, breaking my life, one point one to take my life, business tanked, body was out of shape. I got to a point where I, my mom passed away in 2014 and I just, my life was in a hole and she had allowed me to beat the statistics of foster care. So I made two promises, man. One promise was I'm going to figure this thing out. Like, I'm not going to be this, this guy that, you know, mom passed away and I don't make something of my life after I'd already gone through so many crazy cool things. And then two, when I do, I'm going to do what she did for me, which is unconditionally love on people that are not their blood, that are, you know, just people to help them be better. And so I, I went in a tear to figure out promise one, man, it took me about you know, another three years to figure out how to make my life better. And my wife and I got divorced, everything had fallen apart. After three years of divorce, we the marriage is back together now and a strong, amazing marriage. Uh, and so like I fixed that part, fixed the business, my present father. So I made good on promise one. And now I make good on promise two of sharing it with the world. And the way that I do is by going back to look at the thing that, that has been always a battle of mine, but also something I mastered almost accidentally, which is like who I am, my identity. Because I, I find that success doesn't happen from what you know, but who you are with what you know. And the best way to explain identity, it's like the rhythm of how you live your life. My rhythm sucked, therefore I made bad music and my life sucked. But when I was able to get the rhythm, the flow of how I do things to the tick that I that it needed to be to, to achieve the goals I wanted, man, that's when the world changed. So now I, I teach people how to do that. Man, that's awesome. There's a lot to dissect there, but uh, God bless you, man, for um, kind of sticking with it. I mean, I would imagine now I don't have any foster care experience in that I didn't, I didn't grow up in the system and I, I haven't adopted any kids. So I don't really quite know in detail about the foster care system, but I, I do know that statistically a lot of kids do struggle in that system and a lot of kids do go down oh, yeah. those, you know, the wrong path. They end up with the wrong people. Yeah. How did you manage I guess psychologically, how did you manage to not fall into that pattern? Man, a couple of things. Statistically, it's tough. If you look at, you know, 50% of our homeless population are former foster kids. And any person in America, 75% of the inmates are former foster kids. So we got a, there's a lot going on in there, right? Three out of four of those guys in there or girls in there spend time in the system. And so it's not this fluke. And so I did beat a lot of odds. And, I, you know, we can go to what we'll call a philosophical level of an emotional, like my mom. She loved me past my crazy. She, she got me out of my shell and she allowed me to see more opportunity than even I saw. But, uh, you know, the psychological part of it, man, I battle demons. And it's just, we all do. We have our things right. to figure out and fight through. And because it's hard to fight your reality. I mean, think about it. Like, if there's a car in the road, the reality is that car is going to hit you if you don't step out. That's the reality. It's hard to fight that. And so if my reality has been the world doesn't like you, you suck, not even your own real mom didn't want you, it's hard to fight that reality for us. And so psychologically, you're battling the demons of realizing it's not my reality. It's just what reality um, I've chosen to assume is correct. And one of the big things early on was realizing, like, no, I, I am a human that bleeds and thinks and coughs and runs, and I can do everything that every other human being can do. I just had a different situation in terms of the upbringing and different experiences. But I, these experiences I was having didn't have to continue if I chose to do something different. And so like, it, it, like 15 years old was when I first started. I was like, I don't like not being good at this game. I love football, but I was giving it up because it, it hurt to play because, well, physically it hurt, right? But emotionally it hurt because I was bad at it. When we try something new and we suck at it, no one likes the feeling of being bad at something. 
And right. so like my reality at first was like, oh, bro, you're not, it's not for you. And then the other part was like, wait, 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 but I love this thing. How do I figure out how to not make it hurt? And what it turned into was, well, I needed to do the things that the guys who were good at it did. And what's crazy is the more you do those things, this is a super simplistic way to say this. The more you do those things, the more it becomes who you are, right? It's, it's a, a concept I call what you create creates you. The more you go through the process of creation and, and you just fight against the grain to do that thing, whether it's creating a sculpture, art, creating dinner for the night, like after a while, you are a sculptor. You're going to be a chef. I became a football player. And so psychologically, the, the best way I could combat that feeling of uh, not for me was by doing it. So it eventually did become for me because it was who I was to do that thing. Well, that's cool. I mean, and I get what you're saying exactly. Um, but let me ask you this. When it comes to your own kids, now you've got a son and you've got uh, twins, a son and a, a, a daughter. I'm sure they know your story. I'm sure they know a little bit about your background. It, it, I'm, I don't know if you've shared everything with them, but I'm sure they know kind of how you grew up. How do you parent uh, them into knowing that they're secure and they're safe and the things that happen to you in your life is not something they have to fear or, or worry about. Yeah. You know, and this is something that I, I don't know if we planned this or just happens now, but I think I love you is probably said in our house. Like it's probably got to be one of the top three words. Like it's just between everybody, not just the meat of my kids. It's my kids to each other. It's my kids to their wife, to my wife, their mom. It's, it's my wife to me. It's just back. And so I think there's this, a constant reassurance for them. I mean, literally constant. Like I hear my kids. I love when I hear my kids on the phone with each other. Cause like one will be at grandma's house and they'll call and say something. And they end the conversation. Or, I love you. And they get off. Like it's, it's constant. It's a norm. So I think the first part is like knowing that they are loved and appreciated and that this home base is their stability. Right. So they don't have to go into the world and be at the whim of what somebody said about them or, you know, someone tries to say something. It's like there's this knowledge and knowing so much that's so rooted that they don't even people say things and they come home like, yeah, they said this. But they're stupid. Like you could, I, my kids say this stuff like so and so was making fun of my thing. Ah, they're just being dumb because they know that it's not the truth. They know they have this base at home and like they, they're built up in a certain way that allows them to know like, hey, you're pretty damn amazing. You ain't perfect. Right. Like you better clean your damn room up and stop messing with the dogs. Right. But they're they're constantly being connected to and loved on, and they don't they don't know what it is just yet. I I know for sure they don't understand and fully appreciate it. But the ways that I know is I'm present with them. I didn't have a parent that was present with me like that same capacity. I'm present with them. I communicate with them, and I honestly I'm open as a human to them. Like they when I make a mistake, I let them know, hey, I messed up. That ain't perfect. Or they they, they make fun of me. I let them make fun of me. Like it's just. We're human, and I let them be human around me. That's cool. Um, yeah, it, it's so important to, um, I guess, um, show your humility, right? I mean, it's it's important for us to acknowledge our mistakes, but at the same time, it's important for us to let them know how much they are loved, like you said. My, I have two boys yeah. myself, and, you know, growing up in my household, my, my parents um, weren't really involved. They were around, and they're still around today, but they weren't really involved in my life. But the one thing that I will give my parents credit for is they always said, I love you. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, that, that goes a long way. Uh, it didn't go, didn't go quite as far for me because it was uh, almost like, um, you know, just kind of in passing. And I, I don't know if there was so much heart or meaning behind it. It just kind of became the mm -hmm. regular, you know, just saying it. 
But um, it's one yeah. thing that my parents always did for me and, and said to me, and I, and I still remember it to this day. But um, for my kids, for my boys, I'm, I'm like you. I've always been involved in their lives. They played sports their entire life, all the way up through high school. And now my younger son plays college basketball. And I coached almost every single one of their teams all the way up through high school. So um, it's something that was important to me because I didn't have that influence uh, or that, uh, that parent figure uh, coaching me when I mm-hmm. grew up. And I, and I wanted that for my kids. So that's awesome that, uh, that you're that way and that involved. Do, you, do your kids play sports? Yeah, man. My kids, uh, they all, they all do something. It's kind of the thing. I think sports is a, it's a microcosm of the world and it, it, there's far too many intangibles that they need, uh, that come from sports to not play. So right. I'm not that dad that's trying to live vicariously. You know, playing in the NFL makes it to where I don't have to, <laughs> I don't have to right. worry about whether or not they are successful. If they do good, if they, you know, um, I just want them to be able to be put in a situation to create discomfort to where they can learn the lessons life has for them. So they do play sports. We got a swimmer. We got, a football player, a track athlete. Very cool. Um, well, let me ask you this. When, you know, kind of going your transition from your life, kind of being a, a, an NFL player and then kind of having to pivot into this kind of this business role, what lessons do you hope your kids learn about business or being successful in business? Uh, you know, a couple of things. One, I, I money, how to manage and talk about money. Growing up, I don't think that there was ever that conversation in our household. And when you don't talk about something, you don't learn about it. If you don't learn about it, you can't manage it well. So the first thing is going to be, uh, you know, conversation about how money works and where it goes and what you should do with it, like how to be smart about it so that it's not this faux pas and that it's so difficult to get. Like, we're not naive. Like, you know, my wife and I are very aware. We grew up from both of us from you know, nothing to create income. So my kids are aware, like, you know, it's, it's hard, but it's also not impossible. And if you understand how to do things right, you can create great wealth, but also do great things with it. We're, we're you know, a Christian family, and so we do a lot to get back and to serve. And so couple of things for business is one, you know, business is something where, you know, it's doable. You can create something. It's also for me, a big thing to understand. It's about expression to create what you want to create in the world from your heart, but also uh, to be able to live a life that you choose to enjoy. Like my wife and I get to do some cool things, spend time with the kids because we chose to do a business as opposed to you know, a nine to five job that we don't have as much control over. Now, I'm not saying in any way that this is a bad thing. I have my best friend in the world, nine to five, does his job, loves it. But we're different kind of humans. We're built more for variety than we are for stability. My my wife a little more stability than me. Um, but I'm built for variety. Like I need to be able to do things that are out of the box to feel safe uh, for some odd reason and comfortable in my ability to manage and live my life. If I have too much stability, it's uncomfortable. Super odd. But that's just a thing that they learn is they get to watch us also go past uh, hardships and navigate them. It's in real time. They get to see us deal with things, whether it's arguments with each other things happening at work, like they're brought into the conversations constantly just because we're always talking about it around the house and this is what's going on. And so they're getting to see in real time what it takes to live this life and build this business and, and, and you know, build this, this lifestyle we have that allows mom and dad to drop you off and pick you off and beat everything and travel. Uh, it looks on the outside like, oh, it must be jet set and having fun all the time, but it's work. And they get right. to see what it is. And if it's for them, great. If it's not for them, it's also okay, but at least they know. Yeah. Well, they're seeing real life, right? I mean, there a lot of the stuff that that we would want our kids to learn about real life isn't really taught in schools. So they have to experience from what what they see around others or around their parents or family, right? So it's super important that yeah. they learn that stuff at least in the household, and, and then you have better control over what they're learning too. Yeah, yeah, true. That's kind of thing. They're they're always they're always with you know. It's not like nanny raising them or TV raising them. Like they got parents, and we're here, and we're present, and we're 
I mean, everything from school to sports to you name it, we're involved. And it's not, it's not that living through it to, you know, just to be part of it and talk about it and brag or whatever it may be. Like, we're just literally just being humans trying to raise humans. And I tell my son all the time, I'm 16, I'm like, dude, in about a year and a half, two years, you're off in this world. I have to be able to get sleep at night knowing you're not going to like, you know, show up in a ditch somewhere because you can't handle yourself. <laughs> like, it, right. I, I am doing what I'm doing to prepare you. At one point, somebody said, I was like, uh, a buddy of mine who like works at a church, he was like, well, he says at a certain point, like I'm raising kids. At a certain point, though, I'm raising kids. I now am raising a man. And the vast difference in that is something's got to be where I'm raising an adult if it's my daughter, right? Or I'm raising a woman. But the reality is like you can't, you can't raise a kid and send a kid into the world. You have to raise a man or a woman and send them out. And there are differences in how you have to do it. And so we, we present hardship to them and, and teach them things and lessons, but it's really all in preparation. But we make that clear to them. We're not just difficult for no reason. Like we're hard, we're going to say, look, I want this to be hard so that later on it becomes easy because life's going to give you real hard. Absolutely agree. Well, listen, uh, Anthony, if my listeners wanted to look you up, kind of learn a little bit more about you, uh, kind of see what you're doing, where can they do that? What's the best place for them to do that? And then also, what do you have coming up this year that you're looking forward to? Uh, I got a book coming out. It was supposed to come out in May, but the publisher and I made a choice to push it to September uh, just because... Uh, we, they wanted more time to get it into the hands of some of the organizations that we're talking to about, you know, pretty much selling it into what's like, you know, Targets or, you know, Barnes and Noble stuff. So more time. So it'll be coming out in September. Uh, it's called Identity Shift, uh, how to upgrade, I'm sorry, upgrade how you operate to elevate your life. And, uh, and that's, I'm, I'm, I just, I've done, it's written, we're finished up some of the stuff. I'm excited for it. Outside of that, man, if people want to, to get into a space, they figure out how to make shift happen in their life, what I call it whether it's in your health, your wealth, relationships, your business, whatever it is, there's a way you can get into that, that, uh, that rhythm and that flow that is allowing you to actually change your life. And once you can figure out what the kind of levers are and pull those and then create that rhythm in, anything is possible. And so if people want to find out more about that, find me on Instagram at Anthony Trucks or anthonytrucks.com. Well, listen, it, uh, I certainly enjoyed our conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to uh, chat with me a little bit about uh, not only your life, but about your, your family, your kids. So I'm really glad we got to connect and got to know each other a little bit, and I look forward to uh, staying in touch with you in the future. You too, man. Thank you. I appreciate having me on, and I, I hope uh, everybody listening, man, I hope it served your heart. Well, there you have it. Another exciting episode complete. My guest today certainly represents the data community very well. Continue to stay tuned because my shows with amazing guests comes out every week. You don't want to miss out. Please help the show by subscribing and leaving a rating. I would love your feedback. If you know anyone this show could help, please share it with them. I don't want anyone missing out on what it takes to be a great parent. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at Data Podcast. I read all your comments and respond to them all. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. This is Data. Data.